0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm like Rockadopolis.
1: And I'm Lance Rockadopolis.
0: And today we're going to talk about consensual slavery. So first we'll talk briefly about non-consensual slavery. Then we'll talk about different types of consensual slavery, including slavery in the kink world and in our relationship. All right, so let's get to it. Of course, we all know that there are plenty of examples of non-consensual slavery throughout history and very much today as well. And one thing that's really disappointing in terms of the human race is how good people have gotten at justifying non-consensual slavery. It's been justified with pseudoscience, including the whole idea of race, which is not a real thing. It was invented mostly for the purpose of justifying slavery.
1: Right. Many people over the centuries have tried to justify slavery on many different grounds, including economic, religious, social good, even on humanitarian grounds, I found the last to be almost laughable, but no less illuminary than Aristotle himself was one of the first to provide a justification of slavery on those grounds. He believed that it is natural and beneficial for the masters as well as the slaves. He stated that what he called natural slaves are those people who understood reason but did not possess the ability to be reasonable. He mentioned that It is beneficial to the slave because he is in the presence of an owner who is able to share his virtue with the slave and thereby elevating the slave. Aristotle did state that slavery should be conditional, meaning that there should be some restrictions. Masters must treat their slaves properly. Cruel masters must be subjected to legal punishments. If a slave has developed the capacity for reason and virtue, then his or her liberation for good conduct is necessary. He was also against the idea of taking slaves by force, so no prisoners of war that you can sell off. However, in the Greek world, most slaves were captured during the war of conquered countries and other city-states or from slave traders who capture them, so his justification runs counter to reality. One source that I found is an article by Ruth Wilson, titled Justifications of Slavery, Past and Present, gave a good summary of the various justifications throughout history. One proponent of slavery was the Christian church, and they used the rationale that It was their obligation to subjugate people because they had to save their souls. So conversion to Christianity was the next big idea in the justification of slavery. In the early Christian era, slavery was not condemned and some churches and monasteries actually held slaves. But selling Christian slaves to the Muslims was definitely condemned. Continuing with other ways to justify slavery, it was a very convenient way of disposing the criminals and the political prisoners of a society. The Australian penal colonies come to mind. More recently, Stalin justified slavery in the Soviet Union by stating the individual is subservient to the state.
0: So today, there are 49.6 million people in slavery around the world, according to the Miami Herald, 17,500 non-citizens and 400,000 American citizens are enslaved in the United States today. And of course, that number does not include the 800,000 people in prison who are forced to work for free or almost for free. But this episode is about consensual slavery, which is a much more pleasant thing to talk about. One cool example is associated with the ancient Greek word doulos, which usually indicates some kind of household slave. It literally means being owned by someone for a lifetime. But early Christians, and some contemporary Christians even, use the term to mean being a slave to Christ. And they do seem to be pretty happy about it. If you go online and look up Dulos and Christianity, you're going to see a lot of smiling faces. And that is also true of some consensual slaves in the kink world.
1: I'd say I'm fairly contented.
0: Some people also see military service as potentially a kind of slavery. There's a book called Achilles in Vietnam by a psychiatrist named Jonathan who I think I might have even talked about him on this podcast at some point. But he talks about soldiers as being treated like slaves in the U.S. military and State Department during the Vietnam War. And he also notes that 70% of the American soldiers in the war were volunteers. They weren't drafted. They signed up completely willingly. But once you're in the military, your life is really not your own.
1: Yeah, I think everyone has heard the term AWOL, absent, without leave. Once you sign up, uh, you pretty much hand over your legal rights to your body even. A soldier who isn't in the right place at the right time, will get arrested pretty quickly. And the U.S. government is also infamous for performing experiments on soldiers, as well as the population in general. During World War II, they performed mustard gas tests in order to test the effectiveness of gas masks and protective clothing. A lot of people have heard about MKUltra, which was a CIA program designed to find out if certain drugs and psychological tortures would provide methods to extract information from, you know, subjects.
0: A happy example is associated with the ancient Greek word doulos, which indicates a household slave. It literally means being owned by someone for a lifetime but early Christians and some contemporary Christians used the term to mean being a slave to Jesus, and the word doulos has also caught on in the kink world. I counted 59 kinksters on FetLife who use the word doulos in their name, and 37 kinksters who use the word doula in their name. "Dula" is the female form of doulos. So we don't really use the term doulos very much, but we do love to use the word slave. A group of people once called me out on Twitter for using the term. The thing that precipitated that was a fairly known kink educator who went on Twitter and proclaimed that after talking to a group of Black Americans, he decided to never use the master-slave terminology for BDSM again. It wasn't really that contentious of a situation for Twitter at the time, but a lot of the people just kept picking on me politely. They just kept asking me, why I use that term and not a different term? Why slave? Why not something else? Several of them happened to be African American, and that made it even more uncomfortable for me. Not that African Americans don't have a right to, to pick on that particular word. I mean, anyone can pick on any word, really, I guess. So I kept trying to explain that not all forms of slavery throughout history have been like the Afro-Atlantic slave trade. And that didn't really get me anywhere. Um, You know, why not use a different word? Why do you have to use that word? And finally, I just sort of blurted out that kink is transgressive. You know, it's supposed to be transgressive. And that using the term slave is very transgressive. And I think that we've talked about why I want to be transgressive, um, why it's important to me and why I think transgression is important to kink. But I mean, in its most basic form, the reason why we use the word slave is because we find it sexy. It's arousing. And it's a sexy word to a lot of people. On the other hand, it's also kind of a floating signifier, right? A floating signifier is a word with a vague, highly changeable, nonspecific meaning. It can mean a lot of different things. And the kink community has a lot of floating signifiers. So if you say, I want to be a slave, that could mean being a sex slave, which is what you told me you originally thought I meant by... Slave. Is that correct?
1: Mm -hmm. That is correct. That's pretty much why a lot of people are on FetLife. So I don't think it's a stretch for me to just assume that that's what you're looking for if you say um, slave.
0: Right. And that is why it's very important to be very clear when you're negotiating a dynamic or even a play session. Like, oh, you come over to my house and be my slave, baby, and then they show up at the door and you're like, okay, do the dishes, mop the floor, clean the bathroom. You got to be specific. So being a slave really doesn't necessarily mean giving up all of your will to another person, agreeing to do whatever they tell you to do as a condition of the relationship. And there are very specific types of slaves. Like, have you ever come across a Toilet slave on FetLife or elsewhere online, that's pretty much what you would think it would be.
1: And it's becoming more and more popular. I'm I'm seeing more and more pornography devoted to that particular fetish.
0: Usually it has to do with someone wanting you to poop in their mouth. Uh, and I should warn you that there might be a, a couple of different references to poop in this episode and part two, if we have a part two. As you'll see, it's going to be really hard for me to not make poop jokes. That doesn't mean, though, that I would ever be interested in having a toilet slave. That is not a thing for me. I want to be alone when I poop. I don't <laughs> want to have any poop related types of play. So. Phew!
1: Slave breathes a sigh of relief.
0: Sure you do. <laughs> And and this is kind of why, you know, even though I don't want to be the language police, I kind of wish I, I was the language police so I could arrest everyone in the King community for using the term slave to mean anything other than 24-7 TPE. That's what it motherfucking means. Okay, fight me.
1: I'm not going to. I totally agree with you. Let's talk for a moment about the spiritual aspects of being a slave, and in particular, as it pertains to kink. Many people do find meaning in serving others. I certainly do. I think you described it as magical. It seems like we are on some kind of crazy spiritual quest to better understand ourselves and trying to understand what life wants from us. And master and slave is the route that we have chosen for ourselves. We've only recently realized and accepted our roles similar to what others have said about their sexuality and not making a choice about whether to be a male or female, gay or straight. I feel that we did not choose our roles. I did not choose to be a slave. I just realized that this is who I am. It's basically just a truth, a statement of fact. Would you agree?
0: Um, For you, for sure. For me as a master, also for sure. I mean, as soon as I went online and saw that that was possible, I knew that was the only thing that I was going to be able to do, to settle mm-hmm. for. And I think that all of my vanilla relationships failed because, you know, it didn't even occur to me to really go there, even though down deep I knew that that's what I needed.
1: Yeah, and I also feel that it would be wrong of me to take too much pride in being a slave. That would bring my ego into it. I really didn't do anything to become a slave. Certainly I can take pride in becoming a better slave. Like a farmer takes care of his crops to, to get a nice bounty, but the seed of who I was, was already there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that you don't want to necessarily be proud of your slavery, proud of your service as a slave. This is an aside, but we have a new prospect for joining our TPE family. And one of the things that he mentioned, I think it was either this morning or yesterday, that he noticed how much pride I take in my subservice. And that is why he kind of hung on even after I told him I wasn't interested. So I guess my question for you, Lance, is you try not to take pride in your service, but do you get a kind of sense of gratification or appreciation by the fact that I take pride in your service? Oh,
1: certainly. To be appreciated is why I'm doing it. Why I want to be a slave. I mean, I I love to see somebody else happy based on my efforts. And that's not to say that I don't take pride in what I'm doing. All I'm saying is that it's kind of different from thinking, like, better about myself because I am so wonderfully special that I am so dedicated to you. That's what I mean by pride in this instance.
0: Yeah, it's the work itself, right? It's like an artist or someone who is, who is doing work because they love the work and they want mm-hmm. the work done, not because they want to be recognized, that kind right. of thing. correct. Yeah, but I do recognize you and I think it's really important for me to do that and I want to, I take great pleasure and pride in you and in your service.
1: So there's all these benefits in being a slave, The first that came to mind is freedom from responsibility. Whenever I think about a relationship, I think that I have the easier role. I have less responsibilities than you do. And that is very attractive to a lot of people. They long for a simpler life. And sometimes they're even looking for a place to live and someone to provide them food and all the day-to-day concerns to be taken care of these kinksters think that the femdom will provide them with all the necessities of life and all they have to do is be obedient
0: yeah the last time that i posted a one ad for a long-term slave i got three hits from people who were really interested in being a live-in slave they were all between the age of 25 and 35 And all three of them were focused in on the idea that they would be living with me. And I thought, wow, that's super cool. They must be really, really slavy to want to go straight to 24-7 TPE. That's awesome. And then none of them worked out. But I began to think about the economy and the housing crisis, especially in Metro Denver. It's particularly bad. And I was like, oh my God, they need a place to live. They're willing to agree to 24-7 TPE as long as they have a place to sleep. You know, hmm. I think that's what they call wage slavery.
1: Indeed. But I'm trying to focus on the positives. One other benefit is that this is an exciting lifestyle. It's the most exciting <laughs> um and transgressive and it goes against all that we know in the united states all that we grew up with you know everyone says all people have a right to freedom and this just flies in the face of all that
0: also you never know what's coming when you wake up in the morning there's always a reasonable chance that your day will not turn out at all like you planned Oh, Lance, mm-hmm. it's Wednesday. Let's make sure we go hiking on Saturday morning. Saturday morning comes around. You're all dressed up in your hiking gear. I'm like, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. It's too cold. I'm tired. Now, that's obnoxious of me. But, I mean, there's always the chance that all of your expectations could be dashed.
1: is mm-hmm. <clears throat> barged in.
0: We just barged through, right through the door. Just banged open the door. <laughs>
1: Yeah, one big reason why I'm in this relationship and the benefit to me is the personal growth that I have experienced um, over the past five years. I'm basically forced to experience new things. And you have tested me on a regular basis and I am always trying to overcome fears and testing myself to see if I'm... As obedient as I can be under any circumstance and that includes even opening up to pain that you are causing. I remember one particular session early on in our relationship that was very important to me in my trust of you and that was the breath play that uh, I keep (laughs) referencing. So for me That is an important moment in our relationship, and it's also, I think, an important bonding ordeal that I experienced.
0: Hmm. A A bonding ordeal. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's what ordeals are for. So this concludes part one of our discussion of consensual slavery. Our next episode will be part two. So thank you everyone for joining us today.